to choose us, to accept us. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that we can never be disadvantaged in this life. For greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. We thank you that we can call you Father. And most importantly, we thank you that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ and Lord be exalted in our discussion tonight in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. We are going on. And we thank God for this opportunity. We thank God that He has granted us another 24 hours to work the works of He who sent us here while we have the opportunity to. Because definitely there's going to be a season when the examiner of life will say, stop work <laughs> or pass down. No talking. <laughs> So as long as we have this opportunity, we must work for God. We must live for God. And we must serve out God's purposes for our life. So tonight, we are beginning a new series. Finally, <laughs> we have come back to our, our old self. But we are starting on a slower note. So hopefully, this will just be a two-part series. Then maybe from there, we'll go to five parts or six parts. I'm sure we'll do another ten parts. So tonight, we are doing a Bible study, a traditional Bible study, if I could say and we're going to do a character study on a certain character I love so much in the Bible. And I don't think there's more than, <laughs> there's more than what a page written about him, but the little the Bible opens to us about his life, speaks volumes about him. So we are going to look at the title, 10 things to learn from the man God chose. 10 things to learn from the man God chose. And which man are we considering? The man Joseph. I know I've said on the podcast that Joseph is my favorite character. The Old Testament Joseph or the son of Jacob. But that's not the Joseph I'm talking about. Now I'm talking about Joseph, the foster father of Jesus. And I think the way I'm liking the Josephs in the Bible, I think I must name one of my children Joseph. So we are looking at Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, the husband of Mary. When God was looking for a man to father his child on earth, when God was looking for a man to marry the career of his baby Jesus, he chose Joseph. There must be something about Joseph that informed God's decision. And that's what we want to peruse this evening. We want to know what was special about Joseph that made God choose him among all the other men that were in the Bible or that existed at that time. And hopefully another day we'll do why Mary, why God chose Mary. But today we are starting with Joseph. There must be something special about Joseph. And before, and as I said, as now you can guess, there's not much that I said about it, but at least there are 10 things we can learn about his life. And tonight we'll just look at five and God willing, next week we'll look at another five. And as you can imagine, there's not much written about him. So basically, all that we need to know about him is locked up in one portion of scripture. But before that, 
as I was preparing, it's just interesting to know that the two Josephs in the Bible, their lives are very similar. And one similarity both of them shared was that both of them, their lives were largely influenced by dreams. So you know the son of Jacob had two dreams and he was also skillful in interpreting dreams. So when the buckler and the baker in the prison had an issue with the dreams, they came to him. And finally, when the pharaoh of Egypt had a dream issue, came to him. And if you look at Joseph, he was somebody that God led through dreams. In fact, if Joseph did not give heed to the dreams that God gave him, both Josephs <laughs> in this case, their lives would have been different. So this one great similarity that these two Josephs had in common. But now let's zero in on the, the man that God chose to foster father his son and to marry <laughs> the career of his child, Jesus. Matthew chapter 1. Let's look at the verse number 16. So I'll, I think I'll read from verse 16 um, to the verse 25. Then we'll take it one after the other to verse 16. And I read quickly. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations of Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away of Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. The generations of 14. There's so much in this 14 generation, but I pray that God will grant us the grace to study it for ourselves. <laughs> now, the birth of Jesus was in this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put away privy. Verse 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her, in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse 21, and when she had brought forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from his sins. Wow. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Verse 22. Now all these things was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the holy prophet of the Lord, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn, and called his name Jesus, the man God chose, Joseph. So now let's start. I said we are learning 10 things, so this thing we are looking at one. Now the first thing that we learned or that we can learn from the life of Joseph is in verse 16. And it starts by giving us the background or the genealogy where Joseph came from and indirectly or which also gives an idea where Jesus is coming from. Now this is very important. And now this one had very little to do with Joseph's choice. But then there's something about Joseph and Mary that aside what good attributes they might have possessed, that made them qualified or that made God choose them. Where they were coming from influenced a lot. And I like to title this point, their prophetic line of birth. No matter how good Joseph was, or no matter how holy Joseph was, and the same with Mary, if they were not coming from a particular genealogy, they would not have qualified 
to be the parents of Jesus. So if Joseph had come from any other tribe aside the tribe of Judah, he would not have been called qualified to be chosen of God. Because God needed two people, one coming from a kingly order or a kingly line, and the other one coming from a priestly line. And if you remember, you know that uh, Mary was the cousin to Elizabeth, whose husband was a priest, because they came from the genealogy or the line of Levi. And you know, Jesus' ministry had twofold. He was a king priest, so we call it a kingly or the priestly king or the kingly priest. Because Jesus' role was come to come as a king, as a ruler, and to come as a priest, as an intercessor of people. And it need be that whoever God would have chosen needed to come from these lines. And that's what I call the prophetic line or the predestined genealogy of Joseph. So no matter how qualified Joseph may have been, if he did not come from this line, God could not have chosen him. What is this teaching us? That there is a line that God chooses people for. And unfortunately for those who are not in that line, they are not qualified to be used by God for such special occasions. So the thing is that how would you and I qualify to be in that line? How would you and I qualify to engraft or to be part of this genealogy if we are not born into the genealogy? But the good news is that the genealogy God chooses from is the genealogy of Jesus. So I like to call him, Jesus is the basket of God's choice. So if God wants to do anything, he has a basket in his house. And as long as you are found in that basket, so if you want a knife, as long as you are found in the basket as a knife, you qualify to be used by God. That is why you must be born again. Because I remember I've said on this episode before that God recognizes only two men, the first Adam and the second Adam. And in Corinthians, Paul lets us know that the first Adam or those who are after the first order have on the nature of the first Adam. And how do we become partakers of the nature of the first Adam? We become partakers by being born of a man and a woman. So by birth of a man and a woman, we are naturally or pre, we are automatically descendants of the first Adam. Now, to become a descendant of the second Adam, you must be born again, but this time not of flesh and blood, nor of the will of man or the schemes of man, but by the sperm of God's word and by the will of God. And then you enter into a new generation, the Jesus generation. That's why the Bible says, for if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. You have been plucked out of an old stock. You have been engrafted into a new stock. So it's like grafting, if you did a little bit of agri. The way they can take what a part of one plant and engraft it or join it to another part of or to a part of another plant because they want that branch to possess maybe the sweetness of the other plant. So mostly I think it's done in citrus fruits, I think orange. So if you have a bitter orange plant and a sweet orange plant and you want to make your bitter orange sweet, I think they take a part of the branch and they engraft it into the second one. My agreement is a little bit rusty, but I believe they are getting the idea. And it's the same thing to in Colossians, the Bible says that for we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are a new generation. And as long as you find yourself in this generation, in this genealogy, you are usable by God. So in Galatians, the Bible lets us know that when Paul was enlightened us, he lets us know that when God said to Abraham that your seed 
he didn't say seeds referring to many, but seed referring to Jesus. Meaning that when God was talking to Abraham, he wasn't talking to Abraham about Isaac. He was talking to Abraham about Jesus. And anybody that has expressed faith in Jesus, you engraft yourself into that seed. Then the Bible says that the blessings of Abraham are ours only in Christ Jesus. Why did God choose Joseph? Because of his prophetic line. And why would God choose you? Because of your prophetic line. So that you must be born again. You must be born again. This has very little to do with your effort. It has to do with throwing yourself into what God has already prepared for you. Joseph did not orchestrate this thing. He did not decide which family he would be born out from or which tribe he would come out from. It was something that was predestined for him. It was something that was orchestrated that had nothing to do with his influence. So also is our salvation. It's a God idea, not a man idea. But if only we would, and in this case, the good news for us is that we can use our will to determine whether we will be of the first Adam or of the second Adam. Joseph came from a prophetic line. And the man that God uses is one that must come for a prophetic man. Now, before I forget, the reason we are studying this thing is very important. Ephesians 5 tells us that be imitators of God as dearly beloved children. So if you are a lady and you want to know which type of man should I look out for, look out for the man that God chose. That's what we are studying is we want to know the criteria God used when he was choosing Joseph. So if you are a lady and you want to know what criteria should I look out for in choosing a man to father my children and to be my partner in life, do the same criteria God chose. So be an imitator of God. And not just for marriage. If you as a man, but if you as a man you are looking for somebody, say a businessman, you are looking for somebody to partner with, you are looking for somebody to have company with, to have fellowship with. There are some things that you must consider in people you have fellowship with. That's why the Bible says that light cannot have fellowship with darkness. So when God was in need of a man, these are the things he looked out for. So when you are also in need of a man, look out for this thing. And the first thing that this man must be born again. That is why being unequally yoked is non-negotiable in this business. No matter where, before entering into marriage, please do not be unequally yoked. You know, you may be in a situation and portal about it. I mean, both of you were not born again and you got married. But whilst in the marriage, you got born again. That's when Paul advised them that our manner of living and our devotion and our prayers can influence things in the man's life. But that doesn't mean that you go and choose a man that you know who is not born again. You are no wiser than God. The second thing that we learn from Joseph that gives us a hint as to why God chose him is in the next verse. That is the verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus was in this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you do a little bit of research, you know that a lot of information is out there concerning their marriage. And you know, this is cultural. But before that, um, theologians tell us that Mary must have been a very young lady and it influenced that decision. So when a Jew sees a virgin, and when they say a Jew has been espoused, they know the age range which mostly um, Jewish daughters are espoused. So they are able to come up with calculations. So you know, as if they just wake up and say anything. And I think, and I rightly dividing, we gave an instance of this. So when a Jew says something, they assume that quite an elderly man 
and maybe because of family, both families were close. Maybe but Mr. Man, Mr. A was to tell Mr. B that Charlie, I want to marry from your family. But whatever the arrangement is, what does it tell us about Joseph? That unlike many of us, if we were in Joseph's case, by this time, Mary would not have been a virgin. So what does it teach us? Joseph is a man that respects the I don't want to stay like in a relationship seminar or something, but in general, Joseph is a man that respects institutions that are ordained by God. The fact that he knows your family is not a good enough reason to do what you're not supposed to do. So the fact that you're going to get married in the next two weeks is not a good enough reason. The fact that he's a serious-minded man and he has introduced you to his father, it is not the same as marriage. And even in this case, if you study a little bit at the, of the Jewish culture, these who were technically married. That is why in the verse, um, in one of the verses, it said, and Joseph was thinking about how to divorce men. Okay, I think it's a rendering. I think the NIV uses the word divorce, but they can give you how to put her away quietly. So if Joseph was not married to her, why would he want to divorce her? Or why would he want to put her away? So even though there was some sort of an agreement between Joseph and Mary, Joseph didn't feel fully entitled to the benefits of what he was not fully into. And people, we must look out for people that fully obey God's rules of engagement of an institution. So if you are a businessman, in business you have to be shrewd. Because even Jesus tells us in the parable of the shrewd manager that you must be a shrewd man. You must know how to negotiate. You must know how to get things done. This is not an excuse for you to be dishonest. This is not an excuse for you to be adding zeros. So, you know, especially in business and things like politics, you must be able to outsmith or outsmart your opponent or whatever. You must be able to come up with good deals. But this does not give you the license to act dishonestly or to manipulate people wrongly or to, um, for example, even if you're a pastor or a leader of an institution, of a Christian institution, your people are supposed to give offerings to further the work of God and to give tithe, etc. But it doesn't mean manipulate them to bring their whole world through. So you see, there's a thin line between following the rules of engagement and manipulating the rules. You don't go to your church members and tell them that, bring all this property and give it to me. When clearly it is not God who gave you that instruction. When clearly you know it is your lust and your greed and your, in Ghana, your irredness is what's influencing your decision. And you quote it with wonderful scriptures of how the widow brought her last to, to the prophet, even though she's about to die. Sweetheart, please don't do that. Be a Joseph. Be a man who stays in the confines of the boundary that God gives you. And especially if you're a church leader, I think I've said it before also on the podcast, you'll be placed in a position of advantage because people will come and expose to you who they are, the battles they are going through. And this is not a case for manipulation. Joseph, uh -huh, even see how Bible describes it, then Joseph, her husband. So even though the Bible is calling Joseph her husband, he had not yet broken, <laughs> he had not yet enjoyed, if I should say, the full privileges of what even the Bible seems to have deemed him as his husband. So the fact that, as I said, like, you know, that you are a politician, you must be able to work your way around things. There's a thin line between it. 
to the verse 19. And Jesus for your husband, being a just man, being a just man. The third thing that God considered when he was choosing Joseph and that we should also consider when we are choosing is that choose a just man. Choose a just man. And you know, I always had an issue why among all the characters, most of the versions use a just man. Let's see how NIV describes him. Um, yeah, NIV says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. So please go and check other verses and see how they, some verses they use a just man. And now since we have learned about Strong's numbers, if we use the Strong's numbers, the word there gives us other meanings for that word. And another meaning for the word is a man of good character, an equitable man, a righteous man. But looking at the word that the Bible gives us, that a just man, what does it mean to be just? It means that you give everybody what is due them. So when the Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive your sins, it means that God gives you what is due you. And what is due you is for the forgiveness of sins because Jesus has paid the price for your sins. So if God decides not to forgive you for your sins that Jesus has paid for, in that is that God is being unjust. So the Bible does say that God is just merciful. He said he's merciful and just to forgive you your sins because justice demands on him to forgive you. And the same thing with Joseph. He was a man who knew what to give to each person what is due him. And how do we know this? Let's look at the, the next line. that? The next line said, and being a just man and not willing to make a public example, Joseph knew that Mary did not deserve to be exposed. Mary did not deserve to be humiliated. What a man. You see, Joseph must have known who this woman was. And he knew that even though this situation that Mary has found herself in, it's really, really not, the explanation is only one. Because there's only one way you get pregnant. <laughs> Well, now we have artificial insemination and all those things. So, But in Joseph's time, he knew that there was only one way this could happen. But for some reason, he knew that Mary did not deserve to be exposed. Mary did not deserve to be humiliated. He was a man that gave or that dealt with each man what is due him. Look at the system in finances, particularly in Africa and in Ghana. Many people are getting salaries that are not due them. Many people are in positions that are not due them. Many people are enjoying privileges that are not due them. But unlike our God, and unlike what God demands of us, be a just man. Give to people what is due them. If you're an employer, if you're a boss, give to people what is due them. If you know they work overtime and they deserve a particular bonus, give to them what is due them. Be a man of justice. Be a man that speaks to the principle of your word. Let your word be your bond. So immediately God gives his word. Justice demands on him to execute it. And justice is a key rule for royalty. So you remember in Matthew 14, when Herodias, I think, daughter, came to dance before the king, and the king, out of excitement, made a vow that asked of me anything to half of my kingdom, I will give it to you. When this lady came and asked for the head of John the Baptist, even though he did not want to do it, but because the words have come out of his mouth, justice demanded him to execute it. So he learned that justice is very important. And you can use it. So you can see that another word is coming up, which is the word integrity. But I will not want to go there. Joseph was a just man. Give to people what is due them. 
and them let's take this in one thing that is due every man in your life is love that is why we say that oh no man nothing but love because god has loved you justice demands on you to love whoever comes your way because god has forgiven you your sins justice demands that you forgive others their sins you have no excuse joseph was a just man he gave to each man what was due him and he knew that mary did not deserve to be exposed and that leads us to our fourth point that joseph did not expose mary now look at the situation we find ourselves in in social media i can tell you for certain that if this thing had happened in our generation there are two things they would have done number one to advertise or either they will do that or the next thing they will do and that is by exposing the person they will put up a funny story and some maybe go the extra mile to add screenshots of how this lady has been ungrateful or evil to them so either they do that the second option that they will go and drink away their sorrows <laughs> but joseph was a man that did not seek to expose mary to be a man that god would choose do not expose the sins of people not now let me be careful like where i'm using when i mean that do not air your dirty laundry outside i think that expression will make us appreciate it better love covers up love doesn't expose love covers up love covers a multitude of sin love is a cover love is not an exposer so somebody did you something wrong and you are going around telling the whole world how evil this man is you are being a gossip if maybe you were dating somebody and the things didn't go well let the person go in peace or let me be the person is a very maybe the person is very abusive or the person is a um it's it's having a dangerous street and you in court you are looking out for your sister so you don't want her to make the same mistake just be sure that your motives are not born out of jealousy and hatred but love covers love doesn't expose and 99% of men today would have done the direct opposite of Joseph that is why God did not choose them <laughs> but he went for Joseph because Joseph was a man of love that covers and the last one that we're looking at that is that number 5 which we can see in the next verse is that and he was minded to put her away privately you must be able to distinguish between things that should be brought out and things that should be kept in discernment So in Hebrews chapter 5 the last verse that but strong meat belonged to them who are mature who have come of full age who are able to distinguish between good and evil as a man you must be a man of good understanding you must be a man of discernment you must be a man of good sense you must know what ought to be done and where you must be able to know things that you must deal with privately and things that you must bring out of the public and yet again see the way social media has made all of us live a certain i don't know the life we are living but joseph was a man that knew that what mary was in the situation that mary was in is not something you bring out on the public and you must even bear in mind that according to the law that they governed the customs over there it was it, joseph had every right to expose mary because what she had done is technically an evil thing and according to the law the customs of Adam that was what Joseph was supposed to do but Joseph knew that Mary did not deserve that Joseph knew that even though he had the right and the power to expose her he rather wanted to do it privately listen sweetheart 
there will be seasons in life where you in quotes play the God role in someone's life. There will be seasons in life where you be in a position where you can either bring somebody up or bring somebody down. Maybe you may meet that secondary school bully. You may meet that person who did you something. And when that situation is in your hands, be a just man. Give to the person what is due, everything that are genuinely the person is not competent enough, then fine. You should be able to discern, have good discernment. You should be able to distinguish between what is right and what is and what is good. So even pose that all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial for me. So even though it was lawful for Joseph to expose Mary, he knew that it was not beneficial. Be men of good sense like Joseph. And that's where we end for tonight. We look at the first five things and God will next week. You'll look at the next five. So we want to spend some time in prayer. We are praying concerning these five. That Father raises up, whether you are a man or a woman, this prayer both applies to all of us. That God should raise us up to be Joseph's people of good understanding. People who are able to distinguish between things that are lawful and things that are beneficial. Father, give us that good sense. You have common sense. The Bible talks about Abigail, that she was a woman of good understanding. She knew that even neighbor, her husband was a fool. She knew how to tactically go around a foolish husband. But many of us are able to do these things because we don't have the spirit of Joseph. We are praying that that wisdom, that good sense, that was in Joseph and that was in Abigail. Father, we pray for that wisdom. Pray for that understanding. We pray for that sense in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray for grace that we walk in love, the love that covers, not the love that exposes, not the love that picks people in shame, not the love that as our dirty laundry, but the love that conceals, the love that covers. So because of your love you had for us, you could have decided to sentence us to eternal damnation. But you did not just pay the debt, but you became us because of the love you have for us. Father, we pray for the manifestation of this love in our lives. The love that we know that we do not expose, but the love where we cover up. Joseph was a man of justice and mandate give to each man what is due him father we pray that we don't become nepotic people we don't become people that put people at the wrong places because of certain things but we become people of justice may we give to each man what is due them in the name of our lord jesus and we know that what is due every man is mercy what is due every man is love what is due every man is for the forgiveness father we pray that we would exhibit their justice we will not be cheats we will not be people like Zacchaeus who are always trying to over over inflate things father we pray that we will be self-controlled in living a life of justice Joseph was a man that was able to stay in the boundaries that God gave him even though sometimes their life could be very blurred even though Joseph was referred to as the husband of Mary he did not be with her yet he was able to stay with the comfort that God gave him because there's a thin line mostly between good and evil there's a very thin line but Joseph was a man that respected the institution that, that God had created and the rules to run by may we have this wisdom may we have this segment. May we have this grace 
to stay, to play by the rules of God. And as the last one, Joseph was a man from the prophetic land, from a line that he needed to come from. For everybody listening, Lord, Father, we pray for the grace that we would continually find ourselves in Jesus, that we will not detach ourselves. For the Bible says that he is the branch and we are the vine. And as long as we keep remaining to the branch, we will keep bearing up fruit. Father, may we continually remain in the last Adam. For the Bible says, just as we have received, walk also in him. We pray for grace that we will continually abide in our vine, in this prophetic life, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for raising us up to be the man that you choose. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. God bless you for being around with us. I think this episode is 64 or so, and we are going. We are believing God for more grace, for more resources to keep going and teaching everybody. And this is one of our mandates. Thank you for being with us. Don't forget to invite friends. And don't forget to be a doer of the word. For the blessing comes in the word. Remember to give God your best. And justice demands on you to owe no man nothing but love. See you next week. And bye-bye.